I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiberfueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant U, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. Today's guests need no introduction, but in case for some reason you've never turned on a television set, John Stewart is the iconic host, writer, and executive producer of The Daily Show, which during his tenure at the helm, won over 22 Primetime Emmy Awards. John is also a huge uh, advocate for 9-11 emergency responders. John and Tracy are emerging heroes in the movement by using their big, passionate, wonderful voices uh, to draw attention to the benefits of the whole food, plant-based lifestyle. Enjoy. Thank you for being on the Plant Strong podcast. This is this it's a season. It's an honor. Yeah, this is season two, and uh, the theme is the heart of a hero. And you guys, I can't think of two people that have bigger hearts um, and are doing heroic things. Well, bigger, actually, healthier hearts. Than they had. <laughs> I don't want to. Is that a good segue? Oh, it's 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 a great segue. It's interesting but, you bring up heart health. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but let me let me. Let's backtrack for a sec. Okay. So I first met you, Tracy. Yes. You you came to an Engine Two immersion. I did. In I think it was June. Right. In, in North Carolina. Asheville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, let me. Why Why did you decide to go to that uh, event? I think what was happening was I had been vegan for a really long time, and um, I was going and getting my blood work done, uh, and the numbers were coming back. Um, not great. I mean, not terrible. Uh, but I kept, you know, we kept saying, I don't understand this. You know, I'm eating a healthy diet, and, uh, and then on top of that, I was gaining a lot of weight. Mm. Uh, and so I just couldn't put it together. I was asking lots of people. 
uh, and I, I knew about your father's work and somehow I, I saw the advertisement for the immersion and thought like maybe they'll, they'll have the answers and you know boy did you mm. so you know then I went and I realized like while I was eating a vegan diet though I was still eating uh, a lot of oil a lot of processed foods yeah. a lot of sugar uh, a lot of chips uh, so it was really recognizing those things that I still hadn't been doing that were great for my health. Yeah. Now, so she says, mm-hmm. honey, I'm, I'm going to go to this week-long you know, retreat in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. Are you mm-hmm. like, is this, this sounds like a weird cult. I mean, did you have any opinions about her going? Uh, listen, I've always, for, for the most part, uh, <laughs> and we've talked about this before, like when she got involved in you know, animal rescue and things like that, you know, I've always been... Uh, living in a church I'm not really a member of. You know, it was always that kind of thing where they'd all come in and I would... And so I've, I've moved along much more slowly. Mm-hmm. I mean, when she first met me, I was probably more corned beef than man. <laughs> at that point. Like, I was, I've never been particularly healthy. So uh, the influences, for instance, that I imparted to Tracy were like smoking. Like when we first met, I got her to smoke. And... Uh, so I've always been the not person you're supposed to listen to. Yeah. She's always been at the vanguard, sort of ahead of more positive change. And then I always grumble about it. And then I'll go like, all right, honey, I'll, I'll do it for a little bit. And uh, then I'll do it and go like, yeah, sure, I feel better and look better and have more energy. But remember when we used to smoke? <laughs> you know, so I'll throw that out there every night. So I, when she came back, uh, she started to do it, started to do your program. Yeah. And the thing that I think I made of your program is I had your big bowl, Rip's big bowl. Mm-hmm. Every morning I come back to go over to breakfast and go, give me Rip's big bowl. <laughs> and yet I eat it out of a very normal side. <laughs> right. The um, irony. The irony. Um, but that's sort of how it started. Yeah, and, and you know, and the night before I was leaving uh, Asheville, and I called John, and I was crying, and I said, you know, this has been such a positive mm-hmm. um, thing that's happened to me. I'm really afraid I'm not going to stick with it. You know, uh, this I know this is the answer. I just hope I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, he then later called me back and said, you know, listen, you have to remember that you found out you had celiac disease and you never had gluten again. You know, you found out what happens in the meat and dairy industry and mm. you never ate animals or dairy again. Um, so I think you're going to be able to do this. And then when I came home, I felt like, you know, he's always someone that just doesn't take anything on f- face value. So he had a lot of questions. And the beauty of the immersion was there wasn't a question that he had that I didn't have an answer for. Um, and so I think you very quickly realized, like, oh, this makes perfect sense. And, can you, and can I, you think of a, a question that you yeah. had for for her that uh, you, you wanted addressed or answered? Well, it was, she came back with a great deal of science. Yeah. So it was a lot of, you know, and things I'd never even heard of in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, here's a, an odd conversation to have with your wife. Uh, honey, you really need to bathe your endothelial cells <laughs> in something more positive uh, because you really want to generate that nitric oxide. Huh. And then I would say, I, I, miss, I missed you too. <laughs> so we, we, we move it like those kinds of things. 
I, I can't believe that yeah. five minutes in where we're talking about endothelial cells. Yeah, there we go. This is literally, as soon as she came home, I was like, how was it? She goes, well, my endothelial cells have much less friction they than they've had in quite some time. They're bathed. They're bathed in. Yes. Uh, so, no, I, I, I'm always interested in it. You know, the, the odd part of all this is, is that it's not that everyone doesn't know it. Like any program that ever says, well, how can you be healthier? They say, well, more fruits and vegetables and things like that. Maybe they don't necessarily delve into the more negative aspects of what those other mm -hmm. diets do. But it's, it's clear that something sinister has occurred in the American diet over the last 40 or 50 years. And, you know, that foods are no longer kind of recognizable as foods and, mm -hmm. and that there's got to be some consequence to that. And I think we see it in the overall health and welfare of the country. Yeah. But she, you know, was so impressed by the science of it and the way that it had been laid out. But more importantly, I think it was the way it made her feel. It's one thing to have better numbers. Like you could tell me, oh, your blood pressure is not 140 over 90 now, it's 120 over 80. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll be like, oh, I don't give a shit about that. I don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. But waking up without feeling like you're in a fog or not falling asleep every day around four, like for a nap, mm -hmm. you know, those are the things that show you the difference. Mm -hmm. I had sleep apnea when I arrived at the immersion. Uh, I don't have that anymore. So things like that, like real quality of life changes. Were you having to wear a no. for it? No. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, I, was ha I kept getting fitted for uh, mouthpieces mm -hmm. uh, and nothing was working. I would just do this every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so since you've been back, uh, you're sleeping much better yeah. then and, and all that? Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Now, so you were, you were already vegan, mm -hmm. um, and, and now you're, how, how would you classify yourself now? If somebody was to say, Tracy, you know, how do you eat? I mean, I do, I love plant strong. I mean, I love to say that because right. then when people haven't already heard about that term, it's nice to be able to talk about specifically what that is. Yeah. But I would say we probably say that we eat a whole food plant-based diet. Right. And then you, were you vegetarian? Um, yeah. Going back, so what, what caused you to be vegetarian going back and, and why? Oh, um, a lot of it was, I don't know, when, when I eat, I, always, I don't like to have people stare at me disapprovingly. So when I would be eating at home and I would look up and I would see her staring at me disapprovingly. And this is when you were more corned beef than man? That's right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then she would say things like, How's your cow tears? Tastes pretty good. <laughs> How's that cow pus treating you? <laughs> no. And I'd be like, nah, pretty good. You know, it's it's not the best cow pus I've ever had, but it's a little tastier than yesterday. <laughs> a little better. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, um, she's like the nicest person and most compassionate. So, following her along that, it may not necessarily be the thing that I would have realized on my own mm -hmm. but you know and she doesn't do it what i like about 
how she approaches things is she sort of approaches it with a love of animals and science, but also of people. Like, mm. You know, sometimes I think within those those movements they can be difficult. People can be well intentioned, but there can be a certain lack of compassion. Lack of compassion, but also a, a dogmatic that that the entire thing is a litmus test for purity. Mm. That there's kind of a uh, a rigidity to it. That for me, as someone who's who's generally contrarian, annoying that rigidity, I, I would prefer to fight against it even if I think it's the right thing, mm -hmm. just because it's rigidity. But she always approaches it with a sense of increments, like, mm. I think this is better, I've looked into this, this is better for me morally, health-wise, um, you know, I think it does positive things generally in society. Uh, I think it lines up better with, with my values and who I am, but also these other things. You know, maybe maybe we try to do something a little bit better with that, and that I I find that I adapt to that more quickly than let's say what I would call uh, my mother's approach. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but you know what I mean. Where you're, yeah. where it's more dogmatic. But so do you know, like, so you went vegetarian. Do you know when that was and how how long it's been? It was after I left the show, probably, because mm -hmm. I remember. It was right around when I was leaving the show. We had like a big rap party afterwards. And, and was, when you say the show, what show are we talking about? Uh, it was Jack's big music show, <laughs> that puppet show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> children. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was it was a comedy central. Yeah. So at the end of it, we did a rap party, and so as like a nice thing for the party, they it was catered in small measure by like every restaurant that like was my favorite. So it was like Second Avenue Deli, Shake Shack. Like it was all the places that I ate all the time. Yeah. At, and what they had done is they'd made like plates of like the mini ones. So it was like mini cheeseburgers, mini corned beef sandwiches, mini brisket, mini, mini, mini all this stuff. And, uh, but I'd made the switch like two weeks before. So uh, luckily, there was one place uh, that I ate at that had uh, almond butter and poached pear sandwiches. Yeah. So like, I spent my rap party eating almond butter <laughs> and poached pear sandwiches while the smell of brisket wafted in. But that was, I think that was probably when I first started, right? Because that's so. when we had first been. That's when I first realized, like, mm -hmm. oh, pigs have personality. So was that before? Or after you guys started the animal sanctuary? She'd been working. This was, we had not started ours yet, but Tracy had been working. Oh no, we had Buffalo Head at that time. Mm -hmm. Oh, we did. All right. So we had started. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's when it, that's when it started. Like once you're out in the backyard, yeah. petting the mm -hmm. bellies, you're like, okay. We would have instances where some of the animals were more compromised and needed medicine through the night when we first started. Uh, and so we would then end up, um, you know, sneaking them into our house so that we could, you know, take care of them better 24 hour. And so then I think he really spent quality time uh, with some of the guys and, and, and recognized more than he had. Yeah. So when did you start 
um, this kind of journey with kind of rescuing animals and well you know I had um, written a book called do unto animals and so uh, in the research of the book I had first start you know the first chapter is about um, how we can do better for our companion animals mm -hmm. uh, the second chapter is how you can do better with uh, your your the animals in your backyard and the last is farm animals so as I was doing the research for that chapter I was starting to learn a lot more uh, that I didn't even realize and so then that was immediate I immediately uh, changed the way I was eating I mean I had been vegetarian for a long time but I went you know went vegan overnight um, when was that? Um, I would say that was eight years ago uh -huh. does that sound right? Uh -huh. yeah so uh, you know it's funny because I was thinking about like timing of things and it does really feel like it's like for this as far as like our health goes, I really feel like it's uh, you know before the immersion and after the immersion. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as like what a difference in our lives mm -hmm. we felt from a change in the way that we're eating. Mm -hmm. um, it's, so that feels newer. Mm -hmm. So where where we're sitting right now, this is called Hock Hoxon. Is that correct? Hock Hoxon Farm. What uh, what's that name? Uh, it's uh, not to be hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for branding. It was. <laughs> Yeah. I, heard the, I heard the term yesterday, muckety mucks. Like, yes. Believe it or not, I didn't know what that meant. The muckety muck? The muckety muck. Yeah. yeah. The muckety mucks actually live out in Hock Hoxon. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Part of it. But Hock Hoxon made me think of muckety mucks. Well, this but, farm has been around for hundreds of years, and so that was the original name. The original. And so we, we kept the original name. Oh, she kept wanting to change it to like Kindness Farm. And I was like, no. <laughs> We're going to stay with something incredibly esoteric. <laughs> <laughs> and difficult to say, yes. and it's going to make the t-shirts unwearable. That's what we wanted to do. Uh, can you tell me what kind of animals we have on, on this farm? Because yeah. I hopefully you'll, you'll give me you'll a tour. You'll get to meet them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, right now we have uh, four horses, uh, we have four pigs, we have two large pigs, industrial pigs, and two pot bellies. Uh, we have five sheep. What does that mean, industrial pig? The uh, kind that are in production. So there are there are pigs that are in meat production, okay. and those would be considered industrial. And those are the ones that are a couple hundred pounds. Yes, like five hundred, six hundred. Yeah, yeah. They're, So we have some of those. Yeah, uh, and then we have. And they live long, so it's they get to be. They don't live long when they're in production, but if you save them, so they'll end up seven hundred, eight hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. When you say live long, are we talking like I, I don't know the lifespan? Seven, okay. eight years, I think. No, yeah. longer than that. Oh, is that true? Mm -hmm. Like the similar to a dog. Okay. Mm -hmm. So eight, yeah. eight to 15 years, maybe. Right, but it's been interesting because a lot of our animals, because they are living longer than uh, veterinarians are, are able to see normally, mm -hmm. uh, we've mm -hmm. had a lot of interesting conversations with veterinarians, and they're very interested in helping us treat the animals because they're learning, too, because they don't really usually have the opportunity to see the animals past them being, uh, you know, young. Yeah, yeah. Like we have a goat that has a condition called Tetralogy of Fellow which is this heart condition that's congenital that causes backwash of the, uh, one of the atria, I guess, mm -hmm. which gets a backwash in it. And they've never, you know, you don't see it in a production animal. So uh, when they figured it out, like it's, it's this crazy thing. So now they're talking about maybe having the veterinarian from UPenn work with one of the heart surgeons from <laughs> CHOP. Mm -hmm. To see if they can come together. Right. If it's to them, it's you know interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
And for us, you know, it's this goat named Grover who is just the sweetest goat I've ever met in my mm -hmm. life. He's just a wonderful little guy. So we're going to do whatever we can to like, make his life fantastic. Mm -hmm. He's living a great life right who, now. Who names the, uh, the animals? Uh, usually my daughter. Uh -huh. uh, but that Grover, I named Grover on the way home uh, once yeah. we picked him up. Yeah. Are, are, is it fair to say that all the animals on the farm are vegans? Absolutely, they Eating are. Eating plants strong? They are. Yes. Wait till you see what our pigs eat. You will love it. Oh. Yeah. Pigs You'll, are plants strong. Yeah. You have to be really careful, especially with the industrial pigs, because they're bred to gain. All these animals, for the most part, are bred to gain weight. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really careful, especially with the chickens and, uh, and the larger pigs, because given they're left to their own devices, they're bred to gain weight incredibly quickly. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very careful with their diets to keep them from really having tremendous health problems after a certain point. Mm -hmm. So our, our pigs eat a kibble that's made uh, at Ross Mill uh, Piggy Sanctuary. So it's a special kibble for them. And then they get what we call toppers on top of other food, which is tofu, peas, beans, um, vegetables. Uh, so people will come in and see our, the food. Yeah. We forgot to mention, we're nuts. <laughs> I should have. Should we have mentioned that off the top? You might want to. I don't know if you have chirons on your podcast, but well, these people are bananas. Um, they give their pigs toppers. There's some bananas right there. Yep. Yes. I've been a dog lover my whole life, and to me, there's nothing like having a dog to round out the family and make it complete. About nine years ago, my wife and I lost our uh, beloved dog, Petey, who was a blue healer border collie mix at the age of nine to liver cancer, despite the fact that we were feeding him the most top-notch, commercially available dog food. And so we immediately decided that we would start feeding all of our dogs um, our plant-based leftovers, or uh, a special plant-based concoction that, uh, that we started making. And we did that for the last decade until we found Wild Earth. And, and now it's been a relief because we know that Jade, our current dog, who is a, uh, who's a rescue and uh, a little over a year and a half and super, super active, is getting all the nutrition that she absolutely needs and she absolutely adores the, uh, the flavor profile of it. So if any of you are interested in checking out Wild Earth, go visit my buddies at wildearth.com and um, use the code PLANTSTRONG for 40% off. And if you want to get all of your needs from Amazon, the code PLANTSTRONG works just as well there. Thanks. I'd love to know how uh, how you guys met. It's a great story. It's it's. You yeah. want me to tell it? Sure. It's long. It's long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it has to do with prison. <laughs> how many years ago? Let's see. Twenty-five. Okay, so twenty-five years ago, um, I had moved back to New York from California. Um, I had gotten out of a bad relationship, and so my friends were all trying to set me up. 
with people. And so I was going on dates and, and not having a great time. Uh, and then there was a day where a friend of ours uh, was getting rid of a black and white TV. We didn't have a TV, my roommate and I. So she gave us the TV and we turned it on. And when we turned it on, John was on the David Letterman show. And I immediately said, you know, oh my God, who is that? And, you know, was immediately... Was he, kill, was he killing it? He was killing it. He was handsome. He was funny. <laughs> Uh, so a few days went by and then I realized he had a show, which at the time was the Jon Stewart show yeah, on UPN. Uh, and so I would stay, like, I'd be watching it every night. And so then my friends would start to joke and say, oh, Tracy's not coming out tonight. She's staying home with her TV boyfriend, uh, Jon Stewart. Mm -hmm. Now, meanwhile, I don't know him. Yeah. No, uh, but she didn't realize is inside the TV, I could see her. <laughs> But we actually did live about eight blocks away from one another. Yes, that's true. Not that I knew that ahead of time or anything, like yeah. I was stalking him. Yes. Uh, but, uh, so uh, I was working at J. Crew in the design department, and uh, we were right next to the PR department. And so everybody knew that I had a crush on him because they would be saying, like, well, what kind of guy do you like? And I would say, like, someone like him. That's my type. Uh, and what, what is somebody like him? Short. <laughs> Here, suit. <laughs> uh, Someone that just seems very kind, very thoughtful, very uh, curious, funny, uh, funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I like I like the blue eyes, and I like them close set, and uh, I like a big nose. Jews. Jews. <laughs> yeah. That's what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> So, so anyway, everyone knew that I had, you know, a crush, on, a TV crush on him. Yeah. Uh, so one day my roommate was working on a film set and John came by to visit a friend and they were all sitting around smoking and talking about how it was really hard to date in New York City. And um, my roommate said, well, I know someone who thinks um, you're really handsome and she's this, this and this. Um, you know, you should go out on a date with her. So she wrote my phone number on a dollar bill and gave it to him. Now I'm home and she comes home and she says, so, you know, John Stewart's going to be calling you. I gave him your phone number on a dollar bill. And I think she's teasing me because yeah. it's made, Ben's made such a big deal that I have a crush on him. So I don't believe it for a little while. Then he calls and he leaves a message and I still don't believe it because his voice was very raspy. And I, I didn't realize his voice was you, that you deep. You do have a raspy voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, he called me. We had a great conversation, and I said, "You know, I actually think he's a nice guy. I think she he's a normal, dull. a normal person." Because her friend had sold her high, right? Like it was one of those things where your friend is like, "She is the most vivacious and sweet, really smart, really funny." And I was like, "I don't believe you." You know, I really thought it was one of those things where uh -huh. it's like, you know, you can't believe. You know how good this, is. but so then we talked. And I was like, "Oh, that sounds lovely." Right. All right. But right. so then he says, uh, "So I have a lot to do this week. I'll call you on Friday, and we'll meet up." So Friday comes, no phone call. Saturday, no phone call. Sunday, nothing. Hello. And I'm saying, "Oh, cause, you know," because some of my friends were saying, "Oh, you know, he's you know, watch yourself. You know, he's a famous guy, and you're gonna get hurt." So by Sunday, I was saying, ah, yeah, you know what I mean? I think he fooled me. Mm. Uh, so it was about 11 o'clock and the phone rings. And here he had spent the dollar bill on a pack of cigarettes. 
and oh, had lost it. Yes, lost the number and had to go through the whole call sheet of the film to figure out who the girl was that he was talking to that gave my number. Mm. Mm. She had said that that was her that Tracy was her roommate. Mm. So once I lost once I gave away the dollar bill for delicious cigarettes, uh, then I had to figure out again. I, I had to go back and and it took me a couple of days. Because yeah. then I had to get the call sheet from the film, it was an indie. So I had to call my friend, then he had to come and I had to get that call sheet. Then I had to go through and try and figure out like, okay, who was this person? Because their number was on the call sheet for production, it was the production call sheet. And I knew they were roommates. So that finally when I got it again, I could call. Uh, so then we went out the next day. We went, well, well, so when that phone rang, were you just like, Hey, Jerky. Uh, yeah. Oh, my. I no. could. Wait. <laughs> they, and they, they didn't have caller ID, so you probably didn't know who it was, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we went, so we went on a date. Yeah. Um, and we went to a Mexican restaurant. And at that point now, it's all settling in that I kind of feel ridiculous and probably am worried that he thinks, like, I'm just being silly. I had a crush on him because he was on TV and I'm feeling uncomfortable. So I'm, I don't eat the entire date. So he eats both of our burritos, mm. and then he thinks, oh, Delicious. she doesn't like me. She's not talkative. So she, I said... Not only did she not eat, she didn't talk. So I said, when I'm nervous, I tend not to talk. So just keep mm. talking, and I will eventually relax and start to talk. You actually said that? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and so... By the way, it wasn't until after we eat, I'm like, all right, well... This was delicious, but it didn't go very well. I had two burritos and basically just talked the whole time and then I thought just last ditch effort like because I liked her I mean yeah uh but when we talked on the phone I said let's just uh let's just go get a drink and boy wouldn't that to get a couple of pops in so then the dime turned and then I was like okay yeah yeah now we're okay so then I just figured like well this will be great I'll just have to keep her inebriated <laughs> for and it's been 25 years <laughs> And she is hammered. <laughs> Still. Thank, thank goodness you're, you're eating well now. Um, I want to tell them one, one last part of the story, though, is that we stayed out till like 3 in the morning, and then I arrived and worked the next day. He called me at like 10 in the morning and said, would you like to have lunch today? So we went out to lunch, and then we came back, and we were standing out in front of the building, and he had picked me up and was swinging me around in a circle. And the girls from PR, who never knew any of this had happened, just were walking into the building like, what is happening? <laughs> so, I mean, it was, yeah. it was such a fun time. Yeah, we had, we had fun. When Tracy Stewart came to our retreat in Black Mountain, North Carolina, we had literally no clue who she was until a few hours before she left on the very last day. It's the same for anyone who comes to our retreats. We drop all professional titles and resumes at the door and we all enter as equals who come together for one common goal, to do better and to be better. I invite you to visit our website, planstrong.com, click on events and download our new 2020 events catalog and check out all the experiences that we're hosting this year. Spend five or six days with us in one of three spectacular venues nestled in nature. Come to Black Mountain just outside Asheville, North Carolina and experience the lush forests and the mountain streams. 
or come to magical Sedona, Arizona and experience the transformative Red Rocks. Or come to Silver Bay in the Adirondack region of New York and experience the pristine Lake George. As Tracy shared, you'll have a front row seat to the science behind the lifestyle and you'll build the daily habits alongside our team of experts so you can go home and be totally set up for success. Visit PlantStrong.com for more details and use the code PLANTSTRONG for $150 off any five or six day retreat. Aren't John and Tracy just the absolute best? Now, after that charming story, we're going to stop there for today and take a little break. Next week, we'll talk more specifically about how John and Tracy are fueling their lifestyle, how their numbers have improved since Tracy came back from the immersion, and a whole lot more. If you'd like to watch the interview, we filmed it entirely. Please go to plantstrongpodcast.com for the link. Thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. I want you to know that we read each and every one of your reviews and we appreciate each and every one. If you want to learn more about this season or today's guests and sponsors, please visit plantstrongpodcast.com. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Scott Battisill, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, Wade Clark, and Carrie Barrett. I want to thank my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Ann Kryle Esselstyn for creating a legacy that will be carried on for generations and being willing to go against the current and trudge upstream to the causation. We are all better for it.